I'm Jared Jaynes, and this is Impactful. Whenever I hear someone say, people never change, it drives me absolutely crazy. And in fact, the exact opposite is true. We change with every passing moment. Most of the time, this change comes in slow, evolutionary ways, driven by things we choose to do every day, the places we live, and the people we spend time with. And other times, change comes in abrupt, life-altering ways. Maybe from an epiphany that leads you to a drastically different path in life, a medical diagnosis, or the loss of a loved one. Some of these things are in our control, and others aren't. The challenge we face is making sure that we're putting our focus on the things we have control over. And if we do, it's one of the best ways to create the lives that we want. Sometimes that means using sheer willpower to make the right decisions. But harnessing the power of repetition can be a far more effective way to get the job done. If Aristotle was right when he said, we are what we repeatedly do, and I think he was, then we should be spending a lot of time thinking and talking about the many ways that repetition shapes who we are. And that's exactly what I was able to do when chatting with fellow podcaster Stephen West. The first type of repetition we found ourselves focusing on was affirmations, a type of habit that tends to be a little polarizing. People have an aversion to it because if you're the kind of person that stands there and stares at yourself in the mirror and like says, I am a beautiful child of God, or <laughs> I'm healthy, wealthy, and wise, and I'm only getting better with each and each, each passing day. Like that person might be crazy. That, yeah. th th there's a very real sense that that person might not have everything together in their head. But here's the thing. That person may be more in control of their emotional faculties than that person that's judging them ever was. I mean, I mean, the way that I see these sort of affirmations and rituals is... It, of course, there's a lot of BS out there. Of course, there's a lot of pseudoscience, but we are the story that we tell ourselves in our inner monologue. Like the, the, the story that you tell yourself about the things that surround you in the world, that, that makes up so much of what it is to be you. And I think it's easy to take these types of insights for granted, which is why I was happy that he went on to rehash just how important it is to make sure that we choose our thoughts wisely. Here's my prescription for being a miserable person. Wake up every morning and go on an hour-long walk and do nothing but just think about and revel in all of the things that you hate about your life. All the things, all the shortcomings, all of the insecurities, all of the things that other people have that you don't have, how unfair everything is. I guarantee you if you do that for an hour every single day, if you put in that effort, you will be a miserable person eventually. And I feel like it goes the other way too. Why not have an hour when you wake up every morning and just think about everything that you're grateful for, everything that you have that other people don't have, everything that makes you happy. And... I feel like that is where these affirmations are taking us. It, it's, it's more of an um, a autonomous way of thinking. And I think the main thing to emphasize here is that the thoughts we choose don't need to be ridiculous to have a positive impact on us. They can be completely rational. And that isn't a new idea. I actually reached out to Stephen because I'm a huge fan of his podcast. It's called Philosophize This. And he talks about the ideas of our greatest thinkers. And he went on to point out that affirmations were used by many of the most influential philosophers of our past. This message, this sentiment is all over philosophy, by the way. I was going to say um, the Stoics were huge on that uh, premeditated pessimism, the idea that you should rise every morning and be thankful, as Mark, uh, Marcus Aurelius says, thankful for, for being able to breathe and love 
the idea that you, you should tell yourself, condition yourself in the mornings to say, I will be met with uh, uh, distractions. I will be met with people that are not uh, being considerate of me. People are going to steal my shit. They are going to cut me off on the freeway and f- flip me off. I By conditioning yourself to expect those things, then your expectations are always met as opposed to not met. And I think expectations are key to using these techniques well. But as I mentioned earlier, affirmations are just one of the ways to use habits in our lives. So I was excited when we eventually started to talk about my favorite way of harnessing the power of repetition through our daily rituals. Well, I wake up and I do something to get the blood pumping. I heard Joe Rogan talk about that one day and ever since I started doing it, it, uh, it, it changed my life. And then I go on a walk and I listen to this playlist of songs that I've cultivated. I, I, it's like five songs long and each song means something to me. It evokes a positive emotional state in me or a, a state that I want in my life for that day. So like a song that I used to listen to a lot when I worked at the warehouse, it just re- reminded me of coming home and working hard every day and just relentlessly trying to improve. And it fills me with that feeling every time I hear that song. And so this, this playlist is like 25 minutes long and I spend the first 25 minutes just feeling these emotions, having these songs sort of like wash over me. I'm not trying to sound like I'm a Celine Dion or something like that, but it, it's true. Like I, I, I feel these songs like emanate through my body. And then when it's over, I'm just on this three mile trail that's right next to my, my house. And I just sort of look around and I try to feel gratitude for everything, everything that I see. This, this trail, isn't it great that I have this trail here right next to my house? I can go on a jaunt through nature. I don't gotta walk through a concrete jungle and get mugged. I, I think, no, oh, isn't it great that we have all this, these, uh, you know, birds around to sing me this song as I'm going on this walk. That sort of like hour long walk changed my life too. It just gets me emotionally centered and primed for my day. And then I come home and plan out my day. Actually, the night before I usually plan out my day and then that day I just do the, the work. But the point is these rituals center me. They, they, they make me the same driven person each and every day as opposed to I feel like you could fall into a momentum of being negative or or not wanting to work just being lazy and it, it, it would be just as easy to go on that walk and cultivate some non-virtuous set of states and uh, yeah man I think they're powerful the ironic thing here is that the momentum of negativity that he mentioned is also habitual and it just so happens the best way to fight bad habits is with good ones. Harnessing the power of repetition is a tool, and like all tools, it can be used in good or bad ways. And as our superhero-obsessed society knows, with great power comes great responsibility. The tough part here is that taking responsibility usually means putting in a lot of upfront effort to create these positive patterns. But if we put in the work, the best thing about habits is that Once they're established, they become automatic. So then, that upfront effort and willpower can be used on new things. And the icing on the cake is that, just like a muscle, the more you use willpower, the easier it is to exercise. We always hear about vicious cycles in our negativity-focused world. But in this case, we're talking about a virtuous cycle. It took me years to get my morning routine to where it's at. But now, it takes almost no attention, and I'm more productive and happy than ever. But I have a lot of future plans for my routine, too. 
so far it's been mostly built to help me avoid bad patterns. I eat the same breakfast and wear the same outfit every day so that I don't have to use effort to make deliberate choices. I work out because it's easy for me to fall into a sedentary lifestyle, and I do a few meditations to help me stay focused on the right things throughout the day. This routine has been the most impactful change I have made in my life. And in the process of creating it, I also started to realize that many of the negative habits I was avoiding were rarely a concern for people just a few generations ago. As we talked about in the last two episodes, modern life is changing fast, and in many ways, we're struggling to adjust. I think structuring our lives by harnessing the power of repetition is becoming more important than ever. Things like clickbait media, access to unlimited food, and the comfort of a modern couch are taking advantage of our ancient evolutionary programming. And if we aren't careful, we can easily fall into unhealthy, unhappy lives. I was curious to see if Stephen felt the same way. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I just want to preface this by saying that I'm not an expert on this at all. I'm not a psychologist, but it seems to me that that stands to reason because we have less things to distract ourselves away from this negativity that we could possibly have. You know, it's so much easier to spend your entire day breaking down the people and the things around you and finding what you're dissatisfied about. Whereas if you lived in a tribal setting, if you lived in a setting where you needed to subsist, you wouldn't really have time to sit around and think about how the hut has a leak in it and your friend's hut doesn't have a leak in it. You'd have to go out and find food or you were going to die that day. So yeah, I, I think in this climate of modern luxury, cultivating these positive mindsets, I, I, I think it's more important than ever. I was happy to hear that we were on the same page. And it makes sense when you consider the positive impact rituals had on both of our personal lives. But Harnessing the power of repetition isn't just important for us individually. Our culture and its many institutions are constantly being shaped by it. It just transforms into things like holidays, cultural rituals, and social norms. And they have a big effect on how we interact with each other, the things we value, and who will be the next reality TV star. I mean, president. <laughs> yeah. Lately, it's been a little harder for me to be my optimistic self. When I look at how repetition is being used in the culture I live in, it's pretty fucking terrifying. And yes, I'm talking about the US. I could probably rant for the next hour about the terrible cultural habits we've found ourselves falling into, but instead I'll just touch on two that I've been thinking a lot about recently. First, there's our holidays, the very formal yearly rituals we all enjoy. Most of which have almost completely substituted any real virtues with a focus on buying things we don't need, binge drinking, and strange characters like the Easter Bunny, a giant pink rabbit on a mission to spread diabetes through the land in the form of psychedelically colored eggs. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't get that one. Then there's our schools, who seem to be desperately clinging on to the routines and traditions they created in the Industrial Revolution about 250 years ago. And they made a lot of sense when we were trying to create factory workers. Curiosity, creativity, failure, nuance, uncertainty, these things had no use on the assembly line. But there are new trends to be optimistic about. 
Not only has technology given us the ability to teach ourselves, but it's also sparked completely new ideas about what education will look like in the future. And if schools don't catch up soon, I honestly don't see how they'll survive. Now, back to those crazy holidays. I think we can find some good here too. Take Thanksgiving. Yes, it tries to downplay the disgusting things done to Native Americans, but I don't think that story is convincing anyone these days. At least, in my experience, its current version does a pretty decent job at reminding us of the importance of family and emphasizing one of the most valuable qualities available to us, gratitude. And moving past official holidays, we've also seen the birth of movements like Giving Tuesday, which encourages us to give back, and Earth Day to remind us of the impact that we're having on our planet, things that we need to be thinking about on a regular basis. There are obviously countless other examples of how to use repetition in good and bad ways, but the important part is that we keep a close eye on these things and talk about them openly on a regular basis. If we don't, we could blindly lead ourselves to disastrous outcomes, both personally and collectively. It's funny, and maybe a little sad, but the more I think about it, the more I'm convinced that today, our comedians are probably the ones doing the best job when it comes to starting these conversations. But that's just the first part of the equation. If our conversations aren't leading to action, then there's really no point in having them. And effectively taking action means striking a balance between changing our strategies with the times and respecting the lessons we've learned in the past. If we can do that in a mindful way, we'll be taking advantage of one of the most effective tools available to us. A tool for breaking the habits that aren't serving us. A tool for reminding ourselves of the things that are easy to forget. And a tool for intelligently adapting how we act in our changing world. I say we make a daily habit of asking ourselves, how am I harnessing the power of repetition? <laughs>